1: And welcome to Rose Ed. Football is back, and Newcastle have finally set the Bruce loose. I'm here with Joe. Oh, I am Joe Forrester. <laughs> oh, Don't worry, I'm leaving it. In. And as always, I'm here with Hannah. East. Do you all right, Hannah? Are you right? <laughs> oh God, this is just even for us. It's taken five minutes and fifty seconds to get the podcast underway.
0: Oh dear, oh, uh, literally, nearly only
1: my I've had in Then. Oh, it's all been very, very silly. Um, Mike's here as well. Hello, mate. You're right, Pet. I'm oh, alright, <laughs> mate. How's everybody's week been? How's your week been, Mike? Yeah, it's been alright actually. It's
2: been decent, apart from watching Arsenal one day, which seems to ruin my week
1: every week. Other than that, it's been it's been good. It's nice to have proper football back. No more internationals, isn't it, Anna?
0: It is, Joe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my <for laughs> god, it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, no, it is. It's good. It's good having it back. Nice routine, um, and uh, yeah, good fixtures coming up as well this weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we spoke to Charlotte Robson from the uh, Newcastle Sports Trust um, and True Faith Newcastle Fanzine last week. She was slagging off Steve Bruce. Hannah was defending him to the hill. And I do have some sad news for you. Cue violin music. Steve Bruce is gone. He spoke I to Luke Edwards.
0: to matches as well.
1: 1, 000, they sacked him after a thousand matches. That is a slap in the face, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Totally. They,
1: he spoke to Luke Edwards um, at the Telegraph, who's very across happenings at Saint James's Park. Steve Bruce said, "It's been very, very, it's been very, very tough to never really be wanted, to feel that people wanted to feel, to read people constantly saying I would feel that it was a useless, fat, waste of space, a tactically inept cabbage head, off whatever, from day one." Dear one in the Big Brother house.
0: (laughs) So that was Steve Bruce. Can can we just
1: confirm
2: that was a real quote?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Do you know what what infuriates me? Is the fact that it's one thing, it's it's about football, but why personally attack someone? Like, fair enough, if it hasn't worked for the club, and we mentioned earlier, like, the takeover wouldn't have happened if they hadn't remained up in the Premier League. So there should really be some thanks for Steve Bruce. And I don't think it's fair to put him and his family like through that it's like torment isn't it it's, yeah it's it like be football it's, and it's, it's like when you
2: do impressions of someone you accentuate
1: all of their features it's awful isn't it
0: it's yeah like i put a- dry shampoo on a wig when i pretended to be steve So
1: <laughs> it's like when you've got a co-host and you say they've got a big forehead and you take the mickey out of the way they say oh my god words. you really
0: took that personally didn't you what
1: do you mean it's fine
0: i said a five head i was joking obviously
1: <laughs> no but i take your point because it's um he's in the public eye and stuff and it's like you can criticize him for being a football manager but don't say he looks like a cat a cabbage patch kid is quite cute but they said he had a head like a cabbage didn't they and that's not fair
0: yeah, I just think personal attacks at him, like saying, oh, he's the worst manager ever and he's this, he's that. It's like, he wasn't the worst manager you, ever. He's you not- were
2: very defensive, him, Hannah. Is that just because he played for Manchester United? Probably, Is that yeah. The
0: yeah, and I just, I think sometimes that people are just so quick, we've talked about this before, to, to be horrible about managers, but I don't think he's he's a bad person. And it's from day one, people did not like him and nobody really ever gave him a chance. So, you know, he wasn't able to spend money in the club. We've been through COVID. It's not like he was able to spend any sort of revenue Um, with that they were wanting to sell the club the whole time he was there so he never really stood a great chance and I just feel that he was at a huge disadvantage to start off with and yes figures do speak for themselves but I think it's been very much of a personal attack on Steve Bruce and I actually feel really sorry for him you know finishing his career potentially retiring after a thousand uh, matches um, as manager um, I just think it's really sad that he's going to sort of end on a sour note when it shouldn't be that way when someone's achieved what he has Do you think he will retire? Well, there's talks of him retiring now. Um, Yeah, he said it might be his
2: last last job, which is a little bit sad. And Hannah, I I I understand what you're saying. But when you look at it from a football perspective, football is about results. And obviously everything about his personal appearance is wrong and awful. I don't know why people do that. But in terms of on the pitch, like Newcastle have been dire and they've spent a lot of money as well. So it's not like you can say they've got no budget. Like Sean Dyche has done a much better job with Burnley than uh, Steve Bruce has done with like a huge budget in comparison. So I understand why Newcastle fans are frustrated Um, and it will be interesting to see who they get next.
0: Yeah, and how the players perform as well, because, you know, the Shields are off now. So they'll, you know, get a new manager at some point very soon, I'm sure. And there'll be money ploughed into the club. But ultimately, it'll be interesting to see what Newcastle's performance is going to be like over the next sort of five, six weeks. It, it all—I
1: I do feel like he was unfairly treated as well. I've—I've I've got a very small sample size of Newcastle fans because I have three friends who are Newcastle fans, but they all went in so hard on Steve Bruce, and I said partly to wind them up. But I was like, look, he got the same amount of points roughly as Rafa, kept you in the division, same as Rafa did. Why don't you like him? I get your problems with the owner. Mike Ashley is a scumbag. So fine, I get that was your problem. But Steve Bruce got offered the job and they all said, oh, but he was Sunderland manager. Then he took the Newcastle job. So he's a professional football manager. That's like saying like, He's a I Geordie know. as well. well. And also he's a Geordie. And it's like, he is a Geordie, but he took the Sunderland job because he's a professional football manager, wanted another club and got offered loads of money. We'd all do the same thing. And that's part of his job. Like, it's not like defecting to the Germans in the Second World War. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not great, but it is forgivable. Um, and I don't know, I, I just felt they treated him very, I felt like because the owner wasn't very present and wasn't very accessible, he was the lightning rod for a lot of criticism. And I did think that was really unfair. Mm. So there you go. That's, um, that's Jerry, that's Jerry's final thought. Uh, right, let's talk about a uh, another club in crisis or a club in crisis, Manchester United. What is, what is going on, Hannah? What is going on? So new us. job for Steve Bruce. He's available. So... <laughs> well,
0: he's yeah. going to retire. No, not, not Steve Bruce. If you like him so much, all your in
1: charge at Old Trafford. Yeah, Hannah, he's your favourite person in the whole world. Get him he's in. Not, no,
0: he's not my favourite person. I just feel that um, he needed to be defended a little bit. You know, to have an argument, it needs to be both-sided and I just feel a little bit like you know it was very heavy on on Newcastle um but yeah Manchester United at the moment we, we're in we're in a bit of a I'm not going to say a dire position because look at our um signings on paper we've got a fantastic team but you know we've just got gaps um, in our midfield our defence um isn't great with sort of injuries etc but um yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. There's no point in getting, get Ollie out, get Ollie out. I don't think uh, United would sack him until towards the end of the season if results continue the way they are. They can't continue the way they are. Something needs to change. Um, and what that may be is, is looking at a bit more structure, I think. Um, for the team and you know it's like Ronaldo is unbelievable but if he's he's in his position where he needs to be if you know if we've got issues in our midfield and the ball's not being progressed to him then we can't expect him to score goals and I think that's we've got a few gaps that need to be worked on and Ole says that himself he identifies that Um, but it's just a a little bit frustrating I'm going to the the Liverpool game on Sunday at Old Trafford and I'm actually really nervous to watch United against uh, Liverpool I just think yeah, I, yeah think, I think you're going to get battered. Yeah, I'm really concerned about that. Um, but equally, you know, United can turn it around. You just don't know against a big team. So we tend to lose against the the sort of lower teams. Um, so I'm hoping we're going to have a, a stellar performance on Sunday.
1: That's I do think it's going to
0: happen though.
1: <laughs> well, no, this is the thing. Mo Salah is playing the best football of anybody in the world at the moment yeah. and the best football of his career. It's a very bad time to be playing Liverpool. That being said, it's a massive game and it's a huge derby for you guys as well. So it's obviously yeah. like that's a yeah, that's a potential, um, I suppose, catalyst.
0: Well, I, I kind of just hope that we're going to start to get results. Um, whatever match it is, we need to as a team. The improvement needs to be implemented sooner rather than later. Um, the results haven't been going our way, um, and uh, I really feel that uh, the pressure's on, especially for Ole. Like we're, we everybody's got their own opinion. Everyone's conversating about it, um, but Ole is far, uh, you know, he's aware of of this situation, and and his job's going to be in jeopardy if, if we don't turn this around. So, can I,
2: can I just ask you a direct question, Helen? Yeah. And do you think that as supposed to true me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> t- Mike, ask the question sorry, to Joe I- and then Joe can
2: cannot- <laughs> So Joe, can can you ask Hannah <laughs> yeah, if sure. she thinks that United can win the league under Ollie? And if the answer to that question, which I assume any sane person would say no, then why persist with him?
0: Um, Joe, so I think that? this oh, I wasn't year, listening, I was reading this season. On. <laughs> this yeah. season, um, more than ever, we've got some of the best teams in the Premier League we've had for years. So, City. I'd say Chelsea up there oh, as well. Not going to mention Spurs or Arsenal. Well, um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't, I don't think United are going to win the league under Ole. Um, I, I just don't. I, I don't think that uh, the team around him. I just don't feel that we've got the right balance within the team um, with Ole as manager. And that's no disrespect to Ole. I just don't feel that his credentials are big enough um, for the big uh, names that we have in the club. Uh, but I just, re- I'm desperate as any other Man United fan is to get some silverware. We need something, like Ole needs something. And as a fan, uh, you know, paying for your season ticket, watching the matches week in, week out, y- you need to see some results from a team that is Manchester United.
1: But what, why is getting rid of him not the solution? We don't think he's done a bad job, but as we say, we think there's better out. I don't understand why getting rid of him wouldn't work. What do you mean? Like, so, you because you've been very much like, don't sack Ollie.
0: Well, that's because we've gone through so much. Well, not literally gone through. We've had so many managers <laughs> over the last few years. You know, you think of David Moisey, Louis van Gaal. It's like you get these managers in um, for a sort of a short period of time um, and uh, you, you get that managers will come in and try and make a quick fix, a quick change and make signings and get rid of players. It's like you look at um, Johnny Evans, for example, at the weekend uh, against Leicester and it's like, why is johnny evans still not at manchester united Mm. like why was he ever why did anybody ever let him go you know that was such a a a big mistake and it's managers will come in and go right you know i'm going to make my mark i'm going to get rid of him get rid of him get sign him in brilliant it's a quick fix but mm. Manchester United of old are, are all about the up and coming talent through the academy and molding players to play the Manchester United way and I know people would think that's a cheesy thing to say but that's what Manchester United are about it's not about having 10 different managers and quick who can we buy we've got all this money by someone it's about somebody that would fit into the club and that's what we a mistake we've made in the past I mean I used to do the managers press conferences with David Moyes and it was like there just wasn't really very much there. Like Sir Alex Ferguson would go into the the press room and he would be talking to every journalist, he'd know them by name. And it's like, they've had, they've got that relationship. And if anyone wrote anything negative about him, he would talk to them about it. But you know, you get a different manager, they come in, make a change and leave. And it just, it just kind of all breaks down. And and then you're left in a situation where it's, it's difficult to rebuild again. Yeah, I can see that,
1: and like teams assembled by several different managers are kind of never going to be coherent. Yeah. Um, speaking of incoherent teams, the Poddington P got you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got, almost. He he got yeah. Well, that, I mean, it's a good result for them, right? Away at almost. the Emirates, a draw. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. I guess <laughs> they probably deserved. They, they they probably did deserve to win, and I'd you know, bar a last minute equaliser from Arsenal. I mean, yeah. Look, Patrick Vieira. Um, is seems like he's going to be a pretty good manager in time I, I don't know if he's if he's quite there yet but um he certainly showed Mikel Arteta that inexperience um you know while being an inexperienced manager you could still do good things um have and yeah got, it's just have you got the wrong former Arsenal midfielder in charge I don't know it is it's a tough question uh, because you look at Arteta and you think like what discernible style was there after almost 2 years and you look at Patierno and think oh actually like crystal palace play quite like an attractive brand of football and they're building like a younger squad and there's like a few redeemable you know qualities about them and you look at arsenal and think oh it's just like you know you beat spurs All right that's great um and then like you draw up brighton and then draw up palace it's like there's no consistency there you can play great in one game and utter toilets in in the next game so it's just like no, no balance. And for me as well, like I'm, in a, I'm in a similar boat to Hannah on Manchester United as well. I am with Mikel Arteta because I feel like he's not going to take us back up to the top. So it's just like delaying the inevitable almost getting rid of him. Is it? Is it going to happen now where they have time to, to get in like a new higher profile manager, which is obviously the dream scenario, probably not going to happen. Or they're just going to wait till the end of the season. We'll probably finish like just outside the, the top six and it'll be another disappointment no Europe again and then you have to wait another year given the summer and then the cycle just yeah. repeats so it's an interesting thing um, but I don't believe that he will you know t- get Arsenal back competitive like top four
0: ready anytime soon and it's very difficult within your team as well if you don't have like a dominant player so for for United I don't feel we've got anybody kind of with that grit and and that dominance, you know, like for example, Roy Keane in the team, who will make mm. you accountable for your performance on the pitch. And I know we've got Ronaldo and he wants to win himself and we've got, you know, bigger players in, in in the team, but we don't have anybody that would make other people within that team accountable. And I think that's a huge issue if you don't have that player um, uh, within, the, within your squad.
1: Yeah, you need a captain who kind of leads by example, and yeah. as you say, makes you accountable. Someone yeah. like Pierre um because it's probably worth talking about Tottenham. Four, four points off top. Four point four silly old points off the top of the table. Oh, oh sorry, so I didn't realise. Do you talking. not want
2: to sack Nuno now? You've Nuno. gone completely U turned.
1: Nuno, stop quietly winning us the league, you silly old sod. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> <what are> you, <laughs>
2: guys, oh, the biggest flip flop
1: going. Oh I don't know what, I, sorry, I, can
0: just to clarify, do, do we like him this week? you like him, him this week
1: oh right, yeah yeah Anna, he's a cheeky so-and-so because he keeps you guessing but we're just marching towards you the really title. believe
0: in him don't you it's it's yeah. nice how you've <laughs> always had that faith joe yeah it's, i mean what week are we in of the season now
1: uh, it's round eight. round eight yeah 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 round eight
0: so eight project. weeks in and, and you've wanted to get rid of him a couple of times but yeah just to clarify this week you're happy with him you want to in nuno we trust yeah
1: in nuno hashtag in nuno we trust Nice. Um, and he sort of does look like a monk, doesn't he? If you walked into like, imagine, so, say you've been like trekking across the Himalayas for weeks and you're sort of just about to run out of water and then suddenly like the sandstorm clears and there's an ancient Buddhist monastery in front of you and you walk through and the sort of old door creaks open and there's like a dish of water in front of you. You look down and you sort of splash it on your face and as you look up wearing a hooded uh, cow with his beard poking out and his face half in shadow, there he is, Nuno ah i see you've come far traveler did no? you
0: write did you write that out or you've just literally i <laughs> no, just, just came out of my brain Fully okay, sounds, very,
2: <laughs> sounds very star warsy joe um, um it, 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 it's,
1: really it's almost like a like a sith lord
0: that
1: <laughs> 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 was good i felt i could really see it though
0: <laughs> um, nuno giving you a bowl of water like you're an animal
1: Well, no, it was was more sort of mystical and magical. Why is it not in a champagne
0: flick? What? What do you think? You are bloody
1: chihuahua. No, mate. Where'd you get
0: your NHS cup from? You've nicked it, haven't you? (laughs) Put
1: it back. Um, So, look, Arsenal back to mediocrity. Spurs back to where they belong at the top of the table. Manchester United in free fall. I'd say that's a pretty good summary of the Premier League weekend. Now, Mike, you're a hairy man, aren't you? Huh? But not all men are happy looking like Mr. Tumnus, and that's where Hoosh comes in.
0: Yep, I like my men soft and smooth like silk. And finally, I can get rid of my husband's rug because Hoosh was built to make men's self-care fun, easy and enjoyable.
1: Now look, I'm no stranger to a downstairs tidy up myself, but I'm not going to lie, I do always worry about nicking my precious boys with a razor or burning the little corporal with some other products on the market, which is why Hoosh is great for me, as their ultimate goal is to help people feel their best through attentive, innovative products and the best natural ingredients, which will leave your skin soft, nourished, moisturised and soothed
0: Hoosh is also powered by inclusivity and adapted for everyone and serves people regardless of their shape gender, colour and sexual preferences
1: Yep Hoosh is all about inclusion liberation and representation and much like this podcast it's something we hope everyone can enjoy
0: So whether you're a hairy little ape man like Mike or you want to be sleek and smooth
1: like Hannah's dream man
0: Hoosh will help you get there with confidence and pride
1: Go to hoosh.uk to find out more Stay charged with hashtag Mike, we've got some listener questions, haven't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got
2: some really, really good questions, actually. Have we? It's some really, some really divisive questions.
1: <laughs> well, do you want to, do you want to hit me?
2: Yeah. So, um, we'll take- so uh, Kieran Wellington, <laughs> Kieran Beef Wellington, wellie. as I call him, from 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 Plymouth. Good asked me, Smelly Welly. Big Welly. <laughs> he, <Yeah>.
0: uh,
2: <laughs> he, he asked me, "What is your favourite um, fan chant?" And I'd I'd like to do. The rendition, if I may. Are you you going for it? Yeah, I'm going for it. It (laughs) goes, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. One, two, three, four, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Everywhere they go.
1: yep you're welcome
0: uh,
1: <laughs> and that's uh it's the end of the podcast forever you enjoy so that Hannah? Yeah. Mike just killed the podcast. <laughs> right. um right okay that's i mean that's mediocre as far as i'm concerned but yeah fine it's a so, great
2: chant there we go I, I i sang that for entirety of the north london derby my voice
1: i could tell like, makes you leave me quite memories. belligerent <laughs> drunken voice notes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. What do I like? I quite like. Uh, there's other like clubs. Ones I like. Luis Garcia. He drinks sangria. He came from Barca to give us joy. He's five foot seven. He's football heaven. Please don't take our Luis away. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good, actually. I, like I also used to like when Tottenham were in the Champions League and Arsenal weren't. We used to sing, "Oh, what a night watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night. You play Thursday." That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it Yeah but how many how many times
2: Did that happen Couple of years Couple yeah, of years got, You probably got to sing that About once or twice What else
1: did we do So we used to have Quite, quite short lived Oh I'll tell you what We did used to have uh, This is my favourite actually Hey We just signed him And this is crazy But f*** off Modric We've got Dan Bailey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you find yourself, though, when you go to the pub before a game and uh, you just walk in sober, have a drink, and then all it takes is two people to stand on a chair and start doing the football chant, and you're like, Wah! and you turn into like the ultimate football hooligan. I've always
1: loved a stupid <laughs> chant as well. Like something that's really stupid and childish has always made me laugh. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's what, that's what you need, isn't it? Oh, there's so many, there's so many like swimming through my brain right now. Um, <laughs> that's a good question from Welly Rowland. Um, Big Willie.
0: Thanks, Big good, Willie.
1: Good stuff. Um, you got any others, Mike?
2: Yeah, I've got one um, from my mate, Chris, who is from a place in Iran called Burak. And he asked me, McDonald's or KFC?
1: He's, is he in Iran now?
2: Uh,
1: I think so, yeah good question from how you're right chris how are things getting <laughs> wrong, are You
0: <laughs> well hopefully
2: he'll come back yeah he asked me mcdonald's or kfc and that this is a really difficult question because i think when i was growing up like mcdonald's was a very scarce commodity in my household because Mum like labeled it as this really like awful terrible thing and like bad things are going to happen if you eat junk food so on on one hand like i really love having a mcdonald's and it's almost like like I'm breaking away from that, even like years and years later. But I think KFC is the more elite fast food. If I'm completely honest, uh, I know I know you love it, Joe, because like you just like eat the skin, eat the skin and, and and not the chicken. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I just I just think elite
1: fast food. Do you reckon? Well, uh, but I get that McDonald's kind of comes with that little. Uh, it feels transgressive. It's that little thrill for you because you can still imagine kind of Mama Stavrou coming in and like smacking your bottom with a broom smacking me yeah yeah <laughs>
2: you're like how dare you have a happy meal
1: but she does what but she what doesn't it. mind kfc she doesn't like a happy a happy meal
2: <laughs> no I, I think i think just because like mcdonald's back in the day was like more of a it was the thing wasn't it for for kids whereas like the, more of them have, have have come out since but kfc wasn't wasn't as big like back in the 90s i would say no I,
1: i'd agree with that i don't actually like kfc because like i say i only like the skin if they sold the skin separately That'd be be absolutely (laughs) perfect. Um, I don't. I don't really eat McDonald's. Hannah, do you do you like junk? You don't like junk food. You're like a workout person.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I'm vegan as well. So um, are you? Yeah, I've been vegan for like two years, Kevin vegan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I did used to go to Mackey's at lunchtime because I've got a September birthday. So I was one of the first people to pass my driving test when I was like 17. Mm. And uh, we'd cruise, put Justin Timberlake album on, CD player in my car. And uh, I'd just cruise to Mackie's at lunchtime. However, I had a dual controlled car because that's all I could afford. So I bought it off a driving instructor Had like 500,000 miles on it. So I used to go with my friends <sighs> and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this overtake. But my friends would think it's really funny to put the brake on. And I'd be like, oh, "Why is it right. slowing that
1: is down?" So dangerous. I
0: know. I was so. That's crazy. insane. <laughs> yeah. So I, then
1: did, I didn't know they sold
2: them to the public. Well, I, I, yeah. I didn't actually know what happened to them after they'd been used as insurance.
0: You just cut the. Um, so basically, my dad just got a saw and like sawed out the pedals on the the um, passenger seat. This man's uh, a policeman. <laughs> he was. I really mean, was. Yeah. Um, but that was the, that was the only way around it. But yeah, I used to go to Mackey's and I get some chips and that. Uh, get a McFlurry and Tings.
1: One of the longest running soap operas, or certainly the most uh, salacious soap operas in modern football, is that of Mauro Icardi, Maxi Lopez, and Wanda Nara. So, Mike, forgive me if I get this wrong, but basically, a few years ago, Maxi Lopez was playing at Sampdoria. Mauro Icardi, fellow Argentinian, moved to Sampdoria, the Lopez family were very kind to him and kind of took him in, and he became a very close friend of the family. Anyway, um, him and Maxi Lopez's wife, Wanda Nara, then ended up having an affair and running off together. So she left Maxi Lopez. On top of this, because Maro Acadi, I don't, this is libelous, but I don't care, is quite an unpleasant bloke. So he used to like post videos of them together, and like there's like a hand symbol which means that your wife is cheating on you and stuff in Italy. He used to do that in videos. And things. So basically this bloke had kind of shared his life and his wife with him. He kind of then was really like horrible too and rubbed it in his face. Um, so then basically they wouldn't shake hands and stuff when Acardi moved to Inter and then Lopez was still at Sampdoria. They wouldn't shake hands. It was this whole big drama in Italy. Anyway, Maricardi is now at PSG. So his wife this week accused him of cheating with is it a French prostitute, Mike, or just a French girl? Or have I just slandered the people of France?
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, they all are, though, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, know what I mean? Fucking <laughs> over there, eating their cheese, cycling around with a beret on and a big string of garlic round your neck. Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> No wonder you needed our help in the war. Uh, I'm Sorry, I'm joking. It's obviously all a stupid oh. joke. That's obviously a joke. I'm sorry. Hannah's <laughs> eyes were like... <laughs> oh, God. Um, that's not very nice, is it, Mike?
2: <laughs> no, he's not. No, you're right. I don't think he, he is a very nice person. But yeah, so she accused him of that. And then um, I think he was saying that he, I saw a story the other day saying that he threatened, was threatening to leave PSG if, like, they didn't, if he, she didn't get back with him or something like that. Yeah. Something mental, but just another mad, mad uh, part of this crazy story, and it just seems to get like even madder every time the name Wondanara
1: pops up. Hannah, have you ever worked with anyone who, like, when they're having an affair? Like, you know, when there's people in the office who are sleeping together and Mm -hmm. it's super awkward because everybody knows, but, like, the boss doesn't know. Has that ever happened to you?
0: Yeah, but I feel like I can't say. But I I walked in once on um, two previous gladiators doing Rudy's. Jet and Rhino. I'm not telling you who it is, but I walked in. Rhino and Hunter. I went Sorry. to to get a cup of tea and, um, yeah, I walked in and they were just doing nerve tang. What, in the kitchen? Um, yeah. Why that's use studio. the
1: kitchen? You want to get caught.
0: Cool. Wow. I know, yeah. Why would you a do that in the kitchen? kitchen? Like, my, the the work surfaces weren't really that clean. Um, well, that's
1: not, and also it's so, public.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not
1: worried about whether it's been Mr Muscled or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Has that been anti-back fed? So I won't put your bum on there. Um, yeah, it's weird.
1: Oh wow, I, I imagine, imagine if it was in one of those balls that they roll around in.
0: Well, I think she was in them,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh
0: wow.
1: Yeah, I um I used to work um like it was like a production company and um one of my colleagues told me once when we we're in the voiceover booth. That he that he'd had sex with his wife on the table where the microphone was. Oh. So it's like, oh, God. yeah, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah, there's not there's not enough bleach in the world. Also, my not well, one of my relatives was working at a company once, and um, she said that uh, basically they were waiting for like a really big client to come in for a meeting, and um, afterwards she got called into the office and she was like, oh, what's uh, like what's what's going on. It's like, oh, we've uh, we found something on the CCTV. So anyway, I'll say it. It, it was my auntie. And on the CCTV, right... So basically this bloke and this woman who worked at this office were seen going into the disabled toilet together and came out like 15 minutes later. And on the other CCTV camera that was running simultaneously, my auntie was out the front sweeping up the cigarette butts, getting ready for the big <laughs> client to arrive. And they, they'd like waited for her to leave the office to sweep up and they went and <laughs> in the disabled loo. I thought, oh, that's absolutely adorable.
0: Oh, I bet your auntie was delighted.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. She was like, oh, I don't know. What's, what's happened? Did something happen in the meeting? It's like, no. <laughs> was <laughs> Oh, so there you go. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> um, right, before we finish, I've got um, an Eric Dyer's vegetable patch. This week on Eric Dyer's vegetable patch, while things haven't been looking great for Steve Bruce recently, perhaps he'll be able to indulge his hobby of farming. Did you know was a farmer, Hannah? I didn't. There you go. He said during lockdown, right he got into farming because he like, lives on a farm. So he said, I've been busy on the tractor turning the land over and I was busy for a few weeks doing up the house. I'd rather have been at the Newcastle training ground, but farming gives me an opportunity to do something different. So there you go. Maybe you'll be able to get back to that. No? <laughs> <laughs> I can completely see that though. Yeah. He's would... such a farmer. I'd buy a radish off Steve Bruce.
0: I would. I'd get a courgette brilliant, off Brilliant,
1: brilliant. That's everyone that had a stroke simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I think on that, on that disappointing note, that's a good place to leave it. Um, Hannah, thank oh, you very much.
0: Thanks. Hopefully next time we chat, United are going to beat Liverpool 4-2 on okay. Sunday. And we're going to be like, what are you, what was the any doubt in our mind about Ole?
1: Do you know what, Hannah, if Manchester yeah. United beat Liverpool on don't Sunday... Don't say you're going
0: to do the podcast naked, because that's too much for me.
1: Well, the requests are flying in. Um, <laughs> but I will do anything you want on the podcast if United beat Liverpool.
0: Okay, any just... score, as long as United win.
1: As long as United can win. I, can
0: I make you wear certain clothes or face paints, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, don't make me like dress up as a Nazi or something.
0: <laughs> but like Something reasonable, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. deal. I would, I would do that. Um, Mike, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Um, and we will see you next time. Bye.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family